0: Welcome to the Work, Wealth, and Travel podcast. I'm your host, Nicole, and this podcast is your guide to start creating a lifestyle by design. From entrepreneurship, money and finance, taxes and residencies, and everything in between, this show highlights the nuances of a true global citizen lifestyle. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to the show. So in today's episode, Mo and I sit down. Now Mo is a friend of mine in the industry. He also helps with tax optimization for global citizens. And in this conversation, it was a really good beginner introduction to optimizing your taxes and what that can look like in a practical sense conversation. He really breaks down how you can go from leaving your home country's residency to entering another system and some of the finer details of that along with his experience and how he got into this industry. It was a fascinating conversation and I highly highly recommend it if you are interested in either now or in the future leaving your home country permanently and going somewhere else somewhere that is so much more aligned with you. So let's jump into the conversation between Mo and I.
1: Hola, merhaba, good morning, bonjour. This is Mohamed Absharab, and you can always call up another episode with Nicole. Uh, I would like her to just uh, introduce herself.
0: So I am Nicole. I am a digital nomad. I have been traveling the world for six years now and I have learned so much within this journey. And so my areas of passion are finance and I like to talk about the residencies that I have obtained, passports that I have obtained as well and what that journey has looked like for me. So those are kind of the things that I enjoy chatting about, as I know you do, Mo. So we'll dive into some of that today and see where this conversation takes us.
1: Definitely. Yeah. And, I mean, the amount of information that you share, whatever personally was, is with guests, is like, it's hands-on experience and you give real experience to to the audience, which is which is something we miss in the digital nomads and remote work. Cause mostly people share that everything is fine. Everything is happy. We're enjoying. We are we are the class who are, travel the world and you sit in your nine-to-five job. It's not always that dreamy or pinky no. lifestyle. That's, that's, that's the real. So appreciate what you're doing, yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I like to show kind of behind the scenes as well. It's not all what you see on social media and Instagram and glamorize all the time. And we both know that living this lifestyle. I would love to hear a little bit more about yourself and your journey to being a digital nomad and what that looks like for you.
1: I've been... Technically, I don't call myself a digital nomad or remote worker. I used to call myself a global citizen, but I, I differentiate into a brand that I'm currently building. I call myself now a global expat. That's my title, or you can say, because I have different companies and businesses and communities, so i am come up with a word that actually explain myself. I'm, I'm, I consider myself as a global citizen with different places, different backgrounds and nationalities and passports, it doesn't matter how many identities or residents that you have, but my unique situation or unique identity that I can blend anywhere, where wherever I go, even, I don't, even I, if I don't look at the, the people or the local people or the language, I fit to the criteria. And this is, was my, you can say, I was born and raised in Egypt, but when I was living there, people will always mistake me for foreigners. I've lived in eight countries, more than six months in different places. I've lived in the UK, I've lived in Ireland, uh, Cyprus, Malta, United Arab Emirates, U.S. On top of my head, Mauritius, places in Africa. So whatever I go, I consider myself, I have to work. I could be the only foreigner. I, I, I look differently or I look very natives. That's My, my, my family have different rules from different places, mainly the Middle East, most African places in Europe. I can blend everywhere sometimes people accept me as who i am and some people just it's like sometimes i'll always be the other way it's a very different situation that you can blend in instantly and some places even if you are understanding the language and culture you find that that they consider you the other foreigner. you you look differently you sound differently and that's why no one knows actually where I'm from. It's a little bit of uh, guessing and and but uh, I use this, you can say disadvantage to to say I belong everywhere, I belong to theirs.
0: Thank you for sharing that. Even before hopping on this podcast, I was like, where is he really from? But I I'm curious in you saying that. I have spoken to some other nomads, travelers, global citizens who don't physically blend in with the country that they are from. And Can sometimes feel a little bit of an outsider, especially when you're stuck between two cultures and you're a third culture kid, your parents are each from different cultures and you're kind of stuck in the middle. Did you ever have that identity crisis or feel like an outsider in your own country growing up?
1: You can say I'm not a typical third culture kid, but I was, it's like where I was born and raised, people look different to my, my look. So Everyone was mistake me for a foreigner. For someone else, if I speak with, with with other languages, like I know I speak French, I speak English. If I got into to any doing anything in my home country in Egypt but I speak with different languages, people will not be able to identify that I'm, I'm local. And this is during my different roots. Egyptians, they are, they don't look, they, they mix it between Europeans and the Middle East. It was like a melting pot for hundreds of years. That's why we have a very different looks to, to yeah, the amount that when you say he's Egyptian, you he have different looks. So I'm on the other side. So I look on the, not just in the Middle East, but more into the European side. That's why it was a curse for me. And when I was young, I was, I mean, I was very noticed wherever I go, but I'll, I'll be able to uh, learn different languages and able to blend in different places. That's one thing. The second thing, I, I, when I go to any country, even I don't know the language or the culture, I try to be like the locals I eat like the locals I blend with them I live where they live I follow everything they're doing even if it's it's not my typical thing to do because at the end of the day it's not that we are just humans but the package is different I mean the 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 packaging that you have might be different colors different skins different hairs but if you if you look to the core they actually do the same thing whatever they are Young, old, women, male, whatever the, 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 the feet, they have the same, they have the same feelings, anxiety, they have the same thing. You just, just look to them as a human and forget all the other packages. That's how I look to people. Sometimes it's people like to follow the tribe or follow the normal. They, this is the normal. I just would like to follow my tribe, but I've built my own tribe. Even before the, the digital nomadism come into, or people that have the ability to travel, but actually the idea that you can go and feel and make a human connection, even if you don't know the language or the culture, or even they are totally different you, or they have different way of living.
0: I love that. That's so interesting. And I like that you are very conscious to truly integrate yourself into whatever that culture and society looks like when you live somewhere new. I don't want to say when you travel, but when you go and live somewhere new. And I think that's a very interesting and unique perspective on it. So share with me a little bit more about what your journey to get here today has looked like for you. From starting your own business, what that journey has looked like, your expertise, and where that has taken you
1: actually it, it started exactly 20 years ago in, in, in 2003. I was, I, will, I was starting my my you can say my second or third online business. It was very the internet was very even before Facebook and so it was very limited, but I, I, I was doing all the, the things I would be able to do online using just to dial up. So I will consider myself the first actual remote worker or work from home at this, at this, everything was totally different. And then I'll build my experience step-by-step. Step. I used to be working in communication from 2003 until 12. And then I switched my career from the IT and communication and I be a lawyer. I have a law degree. So I've, during this time I've acted as an entrepreneur, I've traveled to different countries, mainly the Middle East. And, and then Africa, sub-Saharan Africa, and then Europe, and then Asia, and then the US. And I someday I just get bored from everything, and I started to okay. I would like I I fed up from the IT and communication. It's very hectic. The world is changing technology. I would like to get into career. That's something that would never change in the future. So I I use my law degree to requalify the lawyer. I, I'm 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 a, I'm a lawyer. I qualified in Egypt and the UK. I was also able to practice law in the EU, the US, with different variations. So I've got all the experience I have, and then I get into law. When, when I started practicing legal self itself, I, I didn't find myself blending into the lawyers. Because the lawyers, they grow up and they they taught to be a different risk mentality. But I was coming from an inter- entrepreneurship, which is totally different. And, I st- uh, and then I say, why do we go all this thing? That's a very, that's the very, when I started my practice, I started to accept payments online, signing online, doing meetings online. Even that was 2014. I remember the first time I opened my, my first practice in London, in the city of London. Uh, I used to have an office there and then we expand into Berlin to buy Cairo. That was the main offices I have. I keep traveling between the office for businesses and I switch everything from the until Nineteen to be done online. We have a remote team in different places. I have a team was in Serbia, was in Turkey, and also Philippines, And extend was doing the so I, I turned it how to practice law into a kind of startup. At the at the beginning, it was very challenging, and the client was insisting in meeting me. For example, I would like to have a, the client would like to meet me in Dubai, but I'm currently in London. So they go to the office so that I'm there, but actually one of the staff on the team. Open the computer and say, here, Muhammad is here. You can meet him online, but he is not actually in the office. So that was the thing. So I've done everything, the world done now in the, after the lockdown and pandemics. But I've done it in a very gradual way using my back-end experience. And then the, the, the pandemic hit. I, I used to practice immigration and tax law. And then all my, you can say, first thing, I will not be able to travel. I was in London at this time. I have a residency in, in, in different countries of the UE. And Germany, I I still, I still remember the first day I traveled out of London in May, 2020, it was a total lockdown. I'm on, I'm the only guy in the airport, the only guy in the, in the airplane. And when I get to Berlin, they will not allow me to get in unless I have a letter from my own company, London, that I'm coming to Berlin to do business. I was not able to check in, into the hotel. And this is this point in May, 2020. Was it's like it was like a wake up call that we don't need offices anymore. We don't need actually to be anywhere anymore. I need to not just go fully remote, but I need to change my businesses to be 100% could be done anywhere and it can benefit anyone in the world. And I will not just depend on, on, on helping immigration, visa, and citizenship, and tax. I need to, to, because the kind of questions and things that I've learned from 20 till 12 months, I keep traveling even the during the lockdown. Many countries I will not be able to go because they, there's no way to get in. I was trying to go to the Caribbean. I will not be allowed. I'm trying to go to Dubai. Even I have residents. There's no way to get in. I've been able to travel in very few places. And I've seen the world from the other side, where airports are like ghost towns. Everyone's sitting at home. And the, everyone at the shock status, So I was trying to gather as much other information during this time. And I started to rebrand myself, not just to be a remote business, but trying to come up with different ideas and different. And that's why I started my own podcast. I rebrand myself into something totally different. I I don't prefer calling myself lawyer now, but I, I still practice law, but I give more into like coaching and I'm a consultant in the different companies and help them build their online business and and how to give them the you can say the mindset because the most hard thing to do is the mindset when you decided to not just do business online but switch your whole life to be totally online you need to get onto a lot of obstacles and normally I don't I don't give the normal steps and, and tricks that digital nomadism is, is only focused in the, that you just need ma- make money online and you keep traveling. I advise people to go into the slow travel. That's much better. You can build experience and you can build on top of location. Because if you keep traveling, you will get bored very hard and you need a place to settle. That's why I have four hit icons. I call them four bases. One in the U.S., one in the U.K., which I I spend very less time now, and one in Europe, mainly in South Europe, uh, Turkey, Greece, and Cyprus, and one in the Middle East, which is the the U.E. I keep traveling between these bases, and I will be able to do my businesses with, uh, with no problems whatsoever.
0: I love your initial journey, how you took a field that is very traditional, being a lawyer, especially years back before... Everything was really online before COVID and implemented an entrepreneurial mindset into that. I find it very interesting to be around those people who are more entrepreneurial minded, but have an expertise in one area that is more traditional. So I think that's really interesting. What you do now, it sounds like you consult with companies, you bring them into the digital space, and then you also help Global citizens to set up their identity, their hubs, their bases, their taxes in somewhere that makes sense for them. Is that correct?
1: Yes, definitely. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. I, I have a couple of brand names. I, I have like communities. I have my community under my own name, but I'm building a new company. It's like something that people can can recognize. That's that. That would be my own. I'm also participating in other startups or helping business individually or even individuals figure out what they are looking to do. I'm not just, you know, most of the, most of our industry or our business you can, you can go to a consultant or business and they have a couple of products and they try to sell you the products that, that they have. They try to sell you what they already have to, to make a, a lot of money, depending on, it doesn't matter if this will be fit into your requirements, your plan, whatever short-term plan or long-term plan. That, that's what I'm trying to do to completely differentiate and build something that not just about making money or just benefit, it's to benefit the community. So when you help someone, you transfer his life, a lifestyle. I call it building a global lifestyle with no more tax. Yeah, kind of plugin I'm, I'm using
0: differently. I love the community that you are building and that you have already. And I love everything within, you know, the residency space and lowering your taxes. I love talking about, and I think it's it's still, it's increasingly talked about more so but not enough still that you don't have to stay in the country that you were born. I never felt aligned in the country that I was born in. And, you know, I knew from a very young age that I didn't want to go through the traditional steps that you're supposed to get the mortgage and the 2.5 kids and the car payment. <laughs> and I knew that that wouldn't be fulfilling to me. But I think so many people are still buying into this. What I think is a very unfulfilling dream that this is what you have to do. And so people like you and I are forging different paths and making it known and letting our communities know, getting it out there, that there are other ways to live, which I love. Let's dive into a little bit of chat around lowering your taxes, leaving your home country, getting second, third, fourth passports, residencies, citizenships, what all of that looks like. And the first question I have for you is why? Is it increasingly becoming more important to have a second residency or passport?
1: This idea is sticking off into the, you can say, the public domain now. It's people are more interesting about hearing that you can actually get a passport or residency from second country even if you have not lived there. It was what I, I started doing or marketing this almost uh, from 2015, and the, the first thing uh, I the first feedback I get from people: Why the hell I do this? It's like it's. I think this is only for criminals who would like to get an, a second identity or a passport that they can. They they have done something wrong and they don't want to. Don't they? they just need to flee the country. It's like some 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 of my early clients or would like to be clients call me better called so you're trying to to sell something which is which is not the benefits for anyone. But I tell them this is actually. You can say the media was against it, and also the, the 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 lockdown have changed the mentality of many people. When you lock down in a place and you're not be able to get access to us, even it could be your home. Because even if you're not citizenship of this, this country, for example, the United Arab Emirates doesn't allow people who doesn't actually live in the country. When the the lockdown happened, they they locked out of the country. So they're one of the things many countries look look up themselves. And there is no one allowed to enter unless you have the proper document, or it's extremely difficult or expensive, or or it, that's happened everywhere. It was a wake-up call for any for for anyone who are consider his mobility as something that it's something to be invested in, and they start getting into okay, I can I can buy, uh, I can invest uh, on getting a second residency or a passport. That's something I can use not just now but in the future. For myself and my family, so it's getting into the cornerstone of the internet. Something that only the geeks or the, you can say, the early adopters, doing to be more mainstream. And there's more people are getting into it for many reasons. If you look to the numbers, I I put them in in different categories. The first thing is that the the high networks individuals or the ultra high networks individuals, they was born in the country. And that kind of country or citizenship, passport they holder, doesn't allow them to travel free in the world. And they have access to capital where they be able to invest heavily into that country where they can get a residency, mainly from the EU, or they can get a citizenship from the mainly the Caribbean. That access, that innocent access will boost them global mobility all around the world. That's the, the, the first category. And this category is not slowing down and there's more and more. Once a family or one you can say like a network, one of the networks just bought them. He will show it to his family and friends and then his family and friends will start buying. And it's, that's it. and there's many famous brands and names in different Middle East, and Africa, in Europe, even from the US. That's the first reason. And the second reason that people who would like to, for example, US citizen would like to re-announce the citizenship for tax reasons or even for any other reason. Some people think that, when when an American citizen would like to re-announce that he he doesn't like the U.S. or doesn't pay taxes. No, there is other main reason. Many millions of people who are born in, into the U.S. soil and they are U.S. citizens by default, but they don't have anything in the U.S. or they're they, they just born there. So they're actually American by default. So they would like to re-announce it. And in order to re-announce it, they have to have wow. another citizenship. That's the other most thing. And then you can go to people who are, getting into the global mobility or building i can say there's there's different names you can say the flag series or the people consider themselves a global citizen or they do it for business reasons for personal reasons or the backup option the backup option to have a kind of document ready in your drawer because when you need it it will take at least three to six months to get this document so you can start your backup plan now and the backup option is not that something wrong will happen to yourself or your country. It just, I need to have, it could be for better mobility. It could be for better personal reasons or even lifestyle. That's the thing. Or even for another pandemic or whatever. That the, the word is, is I, I see them that it's getting more scary. Uh, you can say, not scary, but more unstable day by day, especially after the pandemic. Having your documentary, whatever it's. This document, even if you just have one passport, just keep the passport renewed all the time. That could be the difference between stuck up in a place or locked on a place and going back to your home country or be able to travel on to a different place.
0: I I completely agree with everything you said. And I was born in Canada. And what is happening there right now is just not, not a system that I want to be a part of. And I'm very grateful that I do have a few different backup options. And that's continuously growing, but yeah, I, I am totally a proponent, like you are as well, of having some sort of backup and continuing to build that up. So now, in you saying that before I go to some other questions, you mentioned flag theory, I want you to touch on what is flag theory, what are the five increasingly more we could probably go to 10 flags. But for anyone listening who doesn't know what that is and what the importance of that is, are you able to explain a little bit about what that means? The flag theory is that
1: when you for example, you are Canadian or American citizen and you have all your life in just one country. That's mean your bank accounts, your businesses, your passport, your residency, everything in just one country. That's one flag. But you will be able to, f- to plant a flag in different countries or locations all around the world getting through having a second passport or a, a residency in this location. For example, American citizen who loves the U.S., everything is good, but he would like to have an access to Mexico. And instead of going through the border and stay the ninety days and get back, he will go there and he implement and he get a residency in Mexico. It's not just that's the easiest and at the most to legalize his stay in Mexico. That's the first thing, and then build on top of the residency to have a bank account, local number, local address, and that's the the, the main thing that to need to have a flag. When you go from the US to Mexico, now you have implemented your setup. I call them that's your. I call countries an ecosystem as Windows or uh, Linux or uh, Apple OS or whatever. When you go from U.S. to Mexico, that's a completely different or ecosystem where you have all all different access to financial system, to residency, to to phone number. The, The basic things to get up and running in a country, to be, use it, whatever. I've been doing this for a long time. Even I have four wallets or sometimes five wallets. Each wallet have the ID, sometimes the residency, the passport, the driving license, the bank accounts from this country. So if I'm traveling to the UE, I get the UE wallet. So I'm now, I put the mindset of the UE, so I'm now the UE. I'm going back to the UK. I have the UK wallet. And that's it. You can do the same thing. And, and you can start by just one country, one flag, and then you can add more flags, if you wish. That's the thing. But having another flag, that's, that will give you peace of mind and also give you an opportunity. For example, I, I, I would tell a very, you can say, a benefit. You can, if you are an American citizen and you would like to access to something that will not be able to access at the, from the U.S. or it's not available there, or the price is extremely expensive, you can go to the, Mexico, you can get the same service that you get from the U.S. If you have a Mexican number and a bank account, lower the price. Even just Netflix. A very, very simple way. You can pay $10 in the U.S. But if you have an, a, a Mexican, that would be much lower. There's the, the world is more decentralized, more than ever. So you'd be able to use the benefit for your own rules. And this, on top of this, you can add, you can switch your tax residency. You can, be, you can get benefits. Once you have the bank account, you start thinking, okay, what I can do next? Can I get a mortgage in Mexico? Can I bring my family if I have a family? Can can, can I start a business? There is a lot of U.S. citizens who are just an expats in the U.S. There's many services are missing in my community or my city, so I can do some. Can I do business from here while I'm, I have a business in the U.S. and, and pay lower taxes? You, your mind will start thinking about different opportunities that you can do. That's 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 my definition for the Flex Theory and NHL.
0: I love you have your multiple wallets. So organized. So now my next question, and I think this is a very common question, somebody who is looking to get started in this space can I have more than one resident?
1: Yes, there's no, there's no limit of how many in the you actually have, eight. Sometimes I renew them, sometimes I don't renew, depending on, on, on the availability. But there's no restrictions or, or legal obligation that you, you just need to have one residency or two or three. There's no limit. There's no country limit to how many residents you have. The only thing that you have to understand, and this is the di- differentiate in, in, in the mindset, when you open your bank account or you're getting any financial help or financial product from many countries, they keep asking you, do you have a residency in X country or Y, Z? Because it's, the laws are different. For example, if you have a residency in Cooper, um, that's a restricted country in the U.S. So if you, if you tell them, I have a, a Cooper resident, they'd say, sorry, you're we'll not be able to allow it. Working. So you have to understand that countries are not the same. Humans are the same everywhere, but countries' are, laws are not the same. You can have a country in a, in a country which is sanctioned or nothing beneficial to do business with, with your home country. So you have to be smart where to tell anyone that I'm using this or I'm having this kind of residency? But there is no restrictions whatsoever unless some other countries will not allow citizens of a special country. Some countries in Africa, for, for some reason, say, okay, we, anyone from X country will not be able to have residency in Y. That's a very unique. For for it could be political problems, it could be background problems. or they have influx of people coming from certain countries, or so they don't allow to. But this is the only the restrictions. But from your home country, there's there's no restrictions whatsoever
0: like what you mentioned at the beginning, a lot of people are hesitant on this to start because it feels so illegal and it feels like I'm doing something wrong and bad. And it's interesting to me that that is the thought process. I mean, I can understand why, but it's really using to your advantage what all of these governments and you know corporations, governments, in my opinion, are increasingly acting more as corporations, what they are offering you and taking advantage of that and Really, only telling them what they need to know, not divulging everything about yourself and your portfolio to them. Just answering the question in the simplest way that you can open the bank account or whatever that may look like.
1: That's the thing. That's that the mentality, unfortunately, that many people have. That when I when I get a residency or even open a bank account in another country, that I'm doing something illegal. That that they that's that's only some people have this idea that. People traveling or open bank accounts or, or, or getting residency, they try to hide something. They try to they try to run away from something, or they try to do something which is not leak. I it's forget about everyone loves the place that they belong. Everyone have the sense to belong. I would like to belong to X, to Y. The government is totally different from the country. The the government is like exactly the same that you mentioned, is like they are corporate. They are. They have rules, regulation, tax. They have. They have a structure. They have visas. They have. They. They have a system just to rule the country. The country itself is the land and people. That's different. Don't mix between because the corporate can go and come tomorrow. Something could happen. The government can go and then another co- government can come, and whatever was illegal could be legal and the other way around. So don't love a government. Love your home. That's not your. That's put your efforts and adjust it. Your family or community is totally different from the cup. That's, that's, that's the idea.
0: That's a very unique perspective, like I previously mentioned. So how can somebody who is looking to live this digital nomad lifestyle, how can they start? Okay, this is, this is a loaded question because there is a million different ways to answer this. But generally, how can they start to reduce their taxes? And what may that look like? The first thing
1: or the first step that I advise um, anyone to do it is just, first thing, just switch the mentality that you have and then try to do everything online. If you have a five to nine job that you have to be on Toronto to do it every day, try to switch your job to be remote. At least three, at least a couple of days at the beginning and then gradually. Don't try to say, I'll pack my bags, I'll travel traveling all the world I and uh, I will enjoy Sun forever. <laughs> that will never happen. Take it step by step. Change from, you have everything stuck in one place. So we'll try to, to, to move it online. That could be accessible online. Step by step. Once you reach certain, you can say, steps, I'm ready to reduce my tax. To reduce your tax, you need to, let's give your example. Nicole, just a Canadian citizen, living Canada all her life. She was born there, family there, income there. And then... She moved to the mix. Now you are not living anymore in Canada as a Canadian citizen. Should I still be paying taxes, whatever the taxes you are at employment or self employed or you're running your own business? Whatever whatever taxes you are paying, do I still have to pay the same taxes I, I pay as a Canadian resident uh, when I was living there all my time, all my life? You start, there is, it's also steps. The end goal is to tell uh, the tax authority in Canada that I'm not a resident anymore. Don't start with this. That's the end. Just start by steps. First thing, have a residency in Mexico. Legalize your way in Mexico. Open the bank account to get the number. Uh, have a have fixed address there. Have your document ready. And then start by how much tax you are paying and for what reason. Whatever is my, my relation to my home country, in, in this case would be Canada, and try to see what kind of tax I can eliminate step by step. If you are a remote worker, if the company allow you to work independently, you can pay less taxes. If you are work, you can switch from employee to be a consultant and have your own business. So for example, you can open U.S. business, which which you would pay, you are not U.S. citizen or not U.S. resident, so you can actually, you can pay as, as low as zero tax and do the contract between the U.S. and the Canadian employer and start getting into the money into the company and then tell the tax authorities in Canada that I'm just started my business in the US, but I'm living in, or uh, I'm living in Mexico now and I'm not, I'm not a Canadian resident, tax resident anymore. It's steps, read the form. There is a form for each country that allow you to tell the authorities that I'm going there. And, and, and they ask you a couple of questions. The first thing, where are you going? I'm going to Mexico. Okay. It is permanently or temporarily. At this stage, it's depending on your plan. Are you planning to go and yeah, I call it just burn the bridge or you can keep the bridge back and forth. So if you are not sure, say, okay, this is temporary. This is not permanent. And then uh, do you have the documents to prove that you are um, resident in Mexico? Yes, this is my documents. That's it, that's the simplest plan. You don't have to go and buy a 100K passport to start your journey. Just understand it and take it step by step until you understand the whole situation, and you will see your tax rates are getting down. It will not be zero. It will not. It will not happen instantly. It will step by step. I, I have a friends yes. that take them five years. It's they have property, they have investment, they have they have pension. They have. It's it's if you have everything in one country and it's so much complicated. The more complicated your situation, the more it will take time to get outside the taxes. And my advice for anyone, don't burn the bridges. Don't just go, cold Turkey and, and get, there's different scenarios. Someone can do it. Okay. I'll close my bank account. I send my home. I don't want to go back anymore. I'm fed up from this. You never know what's the, 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 future hold for you. So don't burn the bridge. Just, just don't go, just have two bridges and start building in the other place. If you would like to go, cold Turkey. And you have other options multiply option that's fine it's up to you but you might need a bank account to receive a check after a couple of years you might get friend or family or whatever it could be good bad so keep as a minimum things which you can use it in the future because opening bank account and reestablishing yourself in your home country is not as easy as you think if you stay outside your home country for a couple of years you will be considered an immigrant on, the, on paper. You could have a Canadian passport or U.S. passport, whatever, but on the system, you get out of the credit system. The don't new, and, the don't need, and There's no enough information about yourself on the Canadian system anymore, so you will start building everything from the scratch. My advice, just keep a mobile number, the minimum contract that you can pay monthly, keep it. That will keep your credit file apart if you need it. Some people say, okay, I have enough money. I don't want to go back to Canada anymore. So um, I don't want to have my house. I just would like to sell it and get out. I've seen a lot of people have a lot of frustration, and this frustration is not from the country. That's from the government. And just remember: oh, the government could be changed. Whatever you don't like now could be changed in the future, and you never know. So keep as minimum as you can in your home country in case you need it in the future. That could be your other backup plan. That's it.
0: Getting rid of absolutely everything is, it's a lot of work as well. And you never know what the future holds for you. I always like to say, I have a general plan of what I want my life to look like, but things don't always go according to plan. And I have definitely learned that throughout my time as a nomadic global citizen. So you never know what's going to happen. And for me, if I can keep the minimum and I don't have to get rid of it, it's not something that's necessary. Well, I'll keep it because why not? It's better to have a somewhat of a backup plan than absolutely nothing. Because you're right, going back into a system as a resident, as a tax resident, whatever that may be, even if you were born into it, you left it. Going back doesn't mean it's going to be easy.
1: No, no, that's 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 a mistake. Mostly people are, are just. It's very easy. They they said, okay, I will I will get everything. I will get rid of everything, and I can go tomorrow and build. Everything. No, it's not. It's not. It's not like. You just delete your Facebook account and you would like to start from scratch. No, it's the, uh, to, to get in, to get yourself into the system again, could take years and depending on your situation or what, what kind of plan that you have. So try to, to minimize it step by step until you build the mindset. And mentality for
0: it. yeah yeah i completely agree so now within this conversation is there anything i mean there's so many avenues that we could go in to talk about this but is there anything you feel that's important to touch on that has not been touched on in this conversation whether it be business bank accounts which i i, I love talking about bank accounts but that's that's a whole other topic or anything that we just haven't touched on that you feel is important for somebody looking to live a global citizen lifestyle
1: the only thing i would like to add here the is that do your homework as much as you can. Don't just follow this famous guy online. He have hundreds and hundreds of southern people on YouTube or Facebook or whatever, and he's sharing everything about his his global lifestyle. Things on the ground is different. That's why I decided to be, you can say, the influential lawyer, not just to, to tell everyone that this is restricted or this is bad, because some people think it's extremely hard to do. Like most of lawyers and accountants, if you ask them any question about, no, no, that's the, the rule doesn't allow this. They, you'll go to jail. Tax authorities will come to hunt you. Uh, they, you will be adopted by people from Mars. It's like that. They try to make everything black. And on the other side, there are, you can say, very famous content creators online. They'd say, everything is fine. I just went to the country. You stay a couple of days and they try to give you a review of the country. You just spent a couple of days. That's both of them are not true. Try to do your homework. If you plan to start your journey, Visit a country you, you love. Stay for there for there at least a couple of weeks if you can. And live there at a the local. Not just live there as someone just come up with a parachute and, and spend like expat. back. Try to think at a local. And if you think this is a place I can stop, build your journey for a couple, of, you can say three months minimum and see what kind of challenges that you will have and then start building your experience. I will leave the links in the description. I'll share them with you. And also, you can. I have a business. You can. I'm. I'm trying to build a, a different brand. It's called. It would be called Global Expat. But still, I'm still starting in, in a couple of days, so it will take some time. But if you Google my name, I have been verified by Google, so I have my own photo in the. You can in the system. You'll find Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. I'm almost everywhere.
0: You've just listened to the Work, Wealth, and Travel podcast. If anything from this episode resonated with you, I would appreciate if you share this podcast on your socials. And of course, be sure to tag me. And don't forget to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Thank you for joining me on this global citizen journey, and I'll see you in the next episode.